back with another episode of Real Estate Uncensored. This is the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. And uh, we've got the evil Volpinator, the evil bald ninja, the Volpinator, I should say. Uh, Gene Volpe is here with us. This is our live Friday episode. We've got Greg in the co-pilot seat where he so, so belongs. Mm. And we are taking some questions. We're going to talk a little bit about personal routines. We might talk a little bit about the future of the industry. There's some interesting uh, prediction that was made about how much commissions might drop and what that means for all of us uh, that have ties to the business. So uh, we're going to get into some fun stuff today. So first of all, Greg McDaniel, co-partner in crime. What's up, man? All right. So I am back from vacay. Uh, my second in a uh, month and a half, went to Europe for two weeks, then went to Hawaii with my girl. But we didn't just go there, there for a vacation. We went there to become not a one-time, but a two-time Spartan racer. We did our sprint earlier this year, which is the red medal. And then this bitch in Hawaii, if you guys are not watching me or hearing me, this is my blue medal from um, the Spartan races. This thing was a beast, literally. It was, it, it just kicked my ass. It's called the super nine miles, like 30 obstacles. Dude, I got out of that thing by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I mean, I, I got heat exhaustion. I was dizzy, pounding waters. Like I was, rough. it was rough. My girlfriend made it look easy. She's like a little gazelle just bounding through with all this energy in the world. And I'm like the sweaty lumbering giant behind her just going, oh, just go without Except me. Except for the parts where she carried you. She did. She did. She did. <laughs> She carried me emotionally, Gene. Thank you very much. She carried me emotionally. Footprints in the sand. Remember the old Jesus thing? Footprints in the sand? Huh, say what? You don't remember that? That We were just talking about it the other day. So I'm a, I'm a recovering Catholic. So remember, there was, there's a poem about Jesus and and walking along the beach. You never, you never heard that, right? It's called no. Footprints. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, come on, Greg. You must have 17 copies of it strewn across your parents' house. We both know this. My parents have 17 <laughs> copies. I have burned mine mm-hmm. out of respect to the to the poem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know, dude, she she just made it look so easy. And uh, at one point, she's like, honey, why don't you, do, you, you can just walk past this obstacle? I'm like, no, I can. Fuck it. Okay, I'm going to walk past this obstacle. Yeah. And then I'm going to walk past the next obstacle. And then that was it. I was over it, but it would dude. But this is something that I was wanted to talk about quickly is that the fact that it is, it comes down to the simple idea of what you can do if you put time on task as our good friend Hank would say. And a year ago when uh, my girl got back doing her first Spartan race with a bunch of her friends and uh, she came in and she was like a rubber bouncy ball. She was so excited. She got me motivated and I started to do it. And, you know, it, she asked me a serious question. She's like, well, how much can you run? How many miles can you run? I'm like, I don't even know. She's like, can you even run a quarter mile? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to find out. So, I mean, I've known in the past that my feet hurt me a lot. My she, my shins, my knees, my feet hurt me when I ran. And so I was a little intimidated to do it. But I'm like, I had a motivation. I'm like, I want to go spend time with a smoking hot chick. And I want to get in better shape. So I got in the treadmill. And guess what? A quarter mile is very easy. Half mile. Not so easy, but, but but doable. And then what was a burpee? What the fuck is a burpee? Satan invented these things. Um, but the first time I did one, I, I did five burpees and I wanted to go throw up. And in less than a year, because I've been putting time on task in my in my physical conditioning, I mean, you know, my first race was three miles, took an hour and a half. You know, I did you know thirty burpees because I failed a lot of obstacles. My last race I did last weekend. 
Um, I did nine miles, so I tripled my run rate, and I didn't do half as many burpees because I got a better, a better strength. So how does this tie into real estate? It ties into real estate like this. No matter what you're doing, you can become a different, better version of yourself, but you've got to put the time and you have to have the reason and the why behind you. I know, Gene, you're big into your, your physical routine. You were talking to me about wanting to do like a 48-hour race or something insane. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that, but there's a that tough mutter has something. I I can't remember if it's 24 or for 48 hours, but it's just basically nonstop running. Like you have to bring your camping gear and whoever gets the furthest. I think if it actually might even be on TV. Like it's one of those things they cover and they show you. You know, like this guy's four minutes ahead. One of the you know one of those things. I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. You know, here's the funny thing about that. Um, this is an old story. It's from years and years ago. It's right back, like turn of the century time, right when running really started getting into becoming something uh, that people actually really wanted to do competitively, right? And there was this guy, this farmer, he go, and he he heard about this racing thing. And he's like, well, I'm pretty good at running. I think I'll just I'll just enter this race and I'll just go. Didn't do any training. Didn't have any of the gear. Showed up in overalls and boots, right? Now. All the other runners kind of looked at him like he was a little bit crazy. It was kind of like what you were talking about, Gene. It's kind of like one of those long overnight races, right? And so what he did is that he, when the gun went off, bam, right? And then he, he just started going. Everyone else took off. Well, what he didn't know didn't hurt him. He didn't know he was supposed to stop. He didn't know he was supposed to take a, a, a you know the night and sleep. He just kept running. And so the difference is, is that when you just keep going and you don't know exactly what you're doing, but you're heading in the direction you think you're going to be going, he ended up winning the race all because he just started. And I didn't know I was going to do two Spartan races and another one scheduled this year for a stadium race and then the Beast next year. I just started. I mean, for uh, you to train, Matt's giving me a really weird look. Like, huh? You started what? Uh, but I mean, for you, I'm, Gene, I'm fine. Matt, he's proud of you. He's proud of you. In his own cynical way. His, his little <laughs> cold heart is just beat a, just a little pump of blood. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like somebody poked the Pillsbury Doughboy, but sure. My, my little, my little cold heart fluttered for you, Greg. But I am, but I am proud of you. That's, that's not easy. And I, and I would go into that wondering, I don't know if I can finish that either. Uh, and I think one of my toenails is going to fall off. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There you go. That's always fun, right? Uh, but I mean, let's talk about that a little bit more. Matt, what are you, you're seeing a lot of your, podcasting clients that are starting in in real estate and doing the podcasting thing and how they progress in doing their and they're consistently putting the content out there are they starting to see the results i mean i'm assuming they are they have you as their as their taskmaster so i mean how's that going uh it's going great well i know it is <laughs> that's not that was a very odd segue um well let, let me get let's bring it let's let's keep it in the realm of physical fitness um, so Jeff Cohn, obviously one of my clients who I used to co-host with, uh, he's probably down, I want to say he might be down 40 or 50 pounds. And really? so he's doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So he started, he built, he built his new house in Omaha and he installed a outdoor, like an outbuilding cause he's got a, a bunch of land. And so he basically put himself like a CrossFit gym into, uh, into that, that outbuilding. And yeah, so he, he, you know, like you can see his posts on Facebook and stuff like he'll post like time-lapse videos of his CrossFit style workouts, which are just insane um, for, for, yeah, but it's that, that's what he found worked for him. I will say that um, I think that it's important to like experiment to find what works for us because you never know what's going to like turn on your motivation. Like Greg, your motivation was wanting to spend time with your girl. You wanted to get in shape, but it was kind of the combination of things that actually got you off of your butt. 
you want, you've always wanted to get in, in better shape, like ever since I've known you. And you've always dated people. Um, some of them were already very fit and didn't need to go to Spartan races to get in shape. No. Like they were already fine. Um, and so, yeah, so sometimes it just takes that, that interesting combination of things and the right, you know, the right sequence of events will happen and you'll go, okay, now is the time. Now I don't have any more excuses. Now I'm going to commit. And you're right. You just get started. Podcasting is no different. Um, the difference with the podcasting is that it takes, I would say it takes longer in certain cases to see the outward results in terms of the download numbers, but there's plenty of wins along the way, right? So when you're, when you're in the early stages of a podcast, I mean, Greg, you and I can go back to our first year doing it. You know, we're getting a couple hundred views, a couple hundred downloads. You know, some of the YouTube videos would take off a little faster than most and they'd have 500 views or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until like 12 to 18 months in, it was... Like our YouTube view started to pick up. We started to get found more easily. Um, Greg, you did the McDaniel challenge mm -hmm. where you gave out your cell phone number that generated some buzz. Um, and I think this was all pre any of the stuff we did on Facebook live, but we started to get traction off of mainly those two things. We were doing the show live on, on YouTube and then you were doing the McDaniel challenge and people were talking about it. Right. Yeah. And then we started partnering and doing some stuff with Aaron that went out to his Facebook group. Uh, and one of the things that we did that I think helped in the early days when we were first getting the show to take off is you and I Greg, used to jump in and we would broadcast into the Legion Inscription Objections group when we when we were able to go in live and we would take questions from the group and then we would comment on our own Facebook lives and tag people and let them know, hey, John Smith, we answered your question in this episode. No, right, so a very, very powerful thing that we did, 100%. Yeah. But I mean, we, they also have to understand the fact that, like, when we start, first started the show, we knew because we did the research. When I say we, you did, in about the fact that <laughs> <laughs> that's <Gary>. true. <laughs> that is a that is a perfect encapsulation of our relationship right there. Oh, so we true. did this, and by we, I mean you. Yes, uh, but <laughs> we knew that uh, the Gary V took him 18 months for Wine Library to get off the ground, and so we looked at each other over camera, and we're like, "All right, bro." Head down 18 months. Let's just toe the line. Let's row. And we did. We didn't look up. We just said, fuck it, man. We're just going to go for it. And I think a lot of people, and Gene, I think you could attest to this because you're you're in this space. Um, people want an instant gratification on their marketing dollars. Like, I, I put a video out. Give me a listing appointment, right? Yep. And, you know, AI, I mean, that could be something that's going to come in and decimate a lot of people. But I think if people just start now, they just don't, they stop looking up. They stop looking at what the Joneses are doing, what the other agents doing, what this guy or that gal's doing, and just start putting the work in, being creative, building relationships, and going after and being persistent is the number one thing. If you're persistent in anything, I mean, Matt's kids will eventually become somewhat functional and ambulatory in society because they're persistently <laughs> cutting out the sugars in their life. We yeah, just, we have so much hope for them. <laughs> you said ambulatory. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. How about, how about we segue a little bit into a, uh, a question here? <laughs> so this is from Tim. Uh, Tim Feld in the Lead Gen Scription Objections Group. It says, I have a new listing, and I want to spend some money advertising on Facebook. Now, I want to talk about that in a second, because the rest of the question gets into privacy policies, and you couldn't. Couldn't have run the ad. I ended up boosting, but I think the lead gen is better to capture the lead. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Um, I want to I want to talk about that premise a little bit. I have a new listing and want to spend some money advertising on Facebook. My first question would be why, right? Which is is it is it just to make the sellers happy? Is it to generate buyer leads? 
or is it to boost your own brand and just let the people that you're already connected to know that you're listing properties? Because those are all very three very different things. And for two of them, you don't so much have to worry about the techniques of how the ad is built, especially if you're just looking for credibility of sharing the fact that you're listing a property with all of your you know, friends, family, and your database on Facebook. So Gene, I'm curious, from your perspective, uh, there's a big difference between running to run a Facebook ad to actually generate legitimate buyer leads versus running a Facebook ad because you have a unique property and you're trying to put it in front of the exact right buyers who might actually reach out to you for more information about that house. So, I want, so I'm curious for, from your perspective on that, what, what would you what would you recommend? Well, I would, first of all, I'm, I'm more concerned with budget than I would be with the three questions you asked because here's the way I, I would approach it. I think you can tackle all three with one ad. And what I mean by that is, Obviously, you can intertwine your branding throughout, right? That's the easy part. So branding can be consistent with whether you're tr pulling buyer's leads or whether you're just doing it because you want the sellers to see that you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So either way, you can brand. That that part, if you if you have a good brand, you're doing that anyway. So I almost mm -hmm. would leave that out. That's going to happen by default. The other two, you know, with the way that Facebook advertising works now, if you have enough of a budget and you can hit both ends, why not do four different ads, two that are that speak directly to the buyer's leads and two that speak directly to the sellers? I mean, if it was me, I would go to the sellers and say, look, here, let me let me just show you. This is what I've done, and I have four ads right now promoting your property. Uh, two of them are, are, are going to generate traffic for me to close deals because I want to get the buyer on it, right? Why would they? Why would they be against that? And the other part of it is because we have an open house on Tuesday, and I want to get 680 people there for your cookies, you know, whatever, whatever, or whatever, whatever that ends up being. So I almost feel like you can tackle all three of those things within that one campaign um, mm -hmm. if you have enough of, a, you know, like if you're going to spend $12 for the month and try to split that into three, four ads, you're not going to get any traction. Right. If you have 250 bucks, it might go a little bit further, right? Okay. All right. So I see what you mean. Right. So budget drives what you can do with it because you could do all three things. That makes sense. Okay. I think so. I think you can yeah. tackle all three pretty effectively. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, Greg, what would you do for, because, because you take more of the perspective, you're, you're not so much into setting up the ads and, and neither am I that that sounds terrible and I would pay someone like Gene to do it. So you, you and I are both more, much more similar in the sense that if we were to take a new listing, you especially, because you've done this, uh, you would just hop on Facebook and do a live walkthrough. You, you're going to do your previews. You'll do like your open house. Like you're, you're much more focused on doing the live video. And then I want to talk with Gene in a second about how we can potentially leverage that. But let's talk about the actual shooting of the live video and how many opportunities there are to shoot live videos, like multiple videos off of one listing. Well, there's a ton of different opportunities. You can do the coming soon, the open house, you know, the, fir the first broker's tour, the first open house. You can do, you know, post open house, talk about what you've seen. You can walk the neighborhoods, you know, uh, before the open house, letting, letting everyone know what kind of area you're in. You can go to neighborhoodscout.com, um, get up, get some information about the exact, the, the sub market that you're actually in, talking about notably, notable and unique people and places and things and, you know, occupations, ethnicities, uh, the whole nine yards there. Uh, you can go on and do a search about the history of the city that you're in and give a brief overview on the history of kind of how it was founded, where the name came from, 
kind of some background, some context, some interesting information there. I mean, the list goes on and on. You can go interview neighbors if they'd be willing to get on camera, interview the owner if they'd be willing to get on camera, talk to the owner about, you know, tell me some of your, you know, when you guys bought the home, what'd you guys do to it? Let them tell their story. You know, tell me some of your favorite aspects. Tell me some of your favorite memories, you know, really mm -hmm. give the home a personality. Not like, hi, everybody. My name's Stacy. I'm from Keller Williams. This is my new listing. It's a great three bed, two bath. It's 8,200 square feet on a quarter acre. It's a perfect home for you and your family. Come and see me. I'm here on Sundays from <laughs> one to four. Crazies. <laughs> is is Stacy partially deaf? Is that what's going on? What what accent was that? Goodness. I don't know. That was hilarious. I don't even know. That I don't even know what to say awful. right now. Yeah, that was wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. So, man, live. So, this is my oh. point of doing that is that I see a lot of good intending uh, real estate agents that put asinine fucking videos out that just make themselves look stupid and boring and bland. They're like fucking cardboard on wet data, sticky and mean nothing. So the, start making yourself a personality. Start becoming something that people actually give a shit about. Um, and I really want people to understand that they, they don't have to be, hi, my name is Gene Volpe, and I am with ABC Real Estate. This is my new listing. It's a phenomenal house. The neighborhood's wonderful. Uh, I'll be here from one to four. Thank you very much. I, I still say that's better than no video. I still say that's better than nothing. <laughs> oh, maybe, come on. maybe, yes. I, although, although to be fair, to go with Greg's weird accent on that one too, I would recommend dressing up as an Elvis impersonator. But here's the key: you don't acknowledge it in the video at all. You do the video completely straight, absolutely no emotion, no reference to the costume. You just dress up as an Elvis impersonator and talk like that about your new listing, but do not acknowledge it at all. So there's a guy that did a video. I'm sure you guys know him. Uh, I, I don't know his name, but maybe you've seen the video. But like, he went through uh, different. Uh, costume changes like as he was walking through the house like he was in the kitchen talking about something he's making food with a apron on then he was in the backyard and he was walking through the backyard in his swim shorts and jumps in the pool with a soda or a beer or whatever it is then he's in the bedroom and he has got a he's got his uh, a robe on he's getting ready like he's pretending to get ready and he was talking about the property with different you know scenarios of a life that would be taking place in the property but he did it with a comedic twist to it and I sat there and I just giggled like a 13 year old girl like, hee, hee, hee. that's funny hee, hee, hee. I would do that but I have too many tattoos I don't like I, that's not <laughs> that's right yeah you should not be allowed to take your shirt off anywhere where it might be documented by film <laughs> hey. Call me fat. Told All, you right. Last week. All right, Gene, let's talk about this. So so Greg is doing what, what a lot of agents do, which we actually recommend. I think this is a good thing, which is to do the Facebook Live videos on his personal profile. That does limit his options in terms of like leveraging and maximizing that video. But he does have like a like a Facebook page that he can share those Facebook Lives over to. Once those Facebook Lives are over onto a business Facebook page, what could the evil bald ninja do with those? to get them more traction. Chop them up, what? Chop them up. <laughs> <laughs> I went all ninja on you. Yeah, by um, the way, where is gonna, where's that rendition of that, of that um, character that you showed me a while back? Are you ever gonna bring that, make, bring that thing to the light of day? Actually, I think, yeah, I think I am. I, I got, I have something else I wanna do it for, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I, did you ever see it, Matt? I think I showed it to you, right? It was the, it's I the, don't know. It's a caricature of my face in a ninja costume. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, yes. Yes, yes. I'll pull it up for the viewers okay. while we're talking. I'll pull All right, it up. good. Because it's, it's pretty good. I, get, I just got to get <laughs> I gotta get it fixed a little bit because it looks like – it's the one where I have the turban on. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you, you look like a, a about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you look like a member of the Taliban or something that's, as, that's, as, that's, as if, as if exactly the beard didn't seal your, your place in that already. That's what I think you, exactly what you said, but it might've been Al Qaeda. I'm not sure. Yeah. Al Qaeda. Okay. okay. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, wait, what the, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, oh, oh. A, top of, top AQ, AQ and PA, Al Qaeda in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, isn't that, that's where, <laughs> sort of where the evil bald ninja came from, I think. <laughs> uh, it was something, well, Greg, Greg originally came up with that. I don't know where the evil part came from, but yeah, once he said ninja, I think some one of the viewers, it might have been Josh Bryan, photoshopped your face onto like a Taliban or something yes. like that. That's where I may that still have that actually. Yeah, that's where that originally came from. That's yeah, so true. shout out, shout out to Josh Bryan for making that up because that was so fantastic. He made it and posted it or sent it to me like while we're on the show. Yeah, and you were laughing your bag off. Yes, it was well, and I'm like, what's so funny? And you're like, here, look. I'm like, oh Christ. <laughs> yeah, luckily I don't have any feelings or any care of the world. I could care less. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so I would chop them up. Wow! Uh, I tell you again, I would chop okay. that that uh those chop things the Facebook up. live up. Okay. Facebook live, yeah, and uh, mark it out. Just the different. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're doing a five minute live, there's probably a couple thirty second clips we could use. Um, to to you know just to capture people's attention and then push them somewhere. I, you can create landing pages. We could do advertising, like just ways to pixel and target people so we can keep going after them. Newsletters, send it out to your email. I mean, there's just a ton of ways that you can do it. Talk about it on your, on your next video. Take pieces of it and create new videos off of what you were talking about in that video, and then use them as ads. You can do that too if you want to spend some money. You know, I, I okay. So I finally watched the Grit Hack, right? Oh, you did. Yeah, I watched it when I was in Hawaii. Um, Jax was asleep next to me, and I had to, like, I knew she was going to sleep for, like, two hours. I'm like, oh, perfect time. I was watching it right here. Phenomenally interesting video about what big data is doing. It makes me very hesitant to use my phone anymore. Yeah. Um, just because I know what they're doing with it. But my my theory is, I mean, in a positive, uplifting, good, white knight, you know, like, you know white cap kind of a way, how could, how, I mean, I think you what Cambridge Analytica did with the elections around the world by you know infusing their 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 intelligence into it and then you know going after the what do they call them the the persuadables the persuadables yeah the persuadables here's something interesting there are hundreds if not thousands of people that are the persuadables in your local marketplace that do not have a loyalty to a real estate agent yet right they see all the advertising and everything out there what could someone do to persuade folks and again all positive all good no evil this is you know evil bald ninja you know fighting for the fighting for the right side how can how can they how could you or someone become cambridge analytica and find the right people and persuade people with content because last week matt you weren't on the show uh, but i told the story that like 30 minutes before we went live uh, i had i got a call from a gal who i met two years ago um she's been getting my videos from viral for two years she wants to sell her house now. It wasn't a come over and give me a listing presentation. It was come over to my house, bring a listing contract. I'm signing with you today. Let's put it on the market. And, and this is what she said. I've been getting your videos. Now that I'm serious about it, I know there's lots of good real estate agents out there. But because I've been getting your videos, I'm just going to go with you and your team. And so how can we become that with the content that people are going to put out? I mean, 
this is the most important conversation I think people need to really hear. It's not about it's it's not about mass broadcasting. It's about being able to communicate effectively to the people who need to hear your message. Well, it's right? both. Mm -hmm. I think it's both because you okay. have to still you still have to have the billboard up, right? The billboard needs to be on the highway. You you're you're you know ninety nine point nine percent of the people that pass by aren't going to use you because of your billboard because they don't need you. But right. the 0.1% that call you because of the billboard, you know, that's, that's in my world, not, you can't say it's gravy, but it's gravy. No, so, no it is. No, I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends, on, it depends on how much you have to pay for the billboard. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. And, and, I'm, and I'm not talking about just in terms of expenses because the billboard's an obvious one because it's a, it's a literal physical expense. But I, I do think we, especially when it comes to social media, we think we have the idea that because it's free, it's free, which is absolutely not free. Uh, it's very expensive for us as like solo providers, if that's what you are, to invest your time in something, to put up a billboard in front of 99.9% .9 of people that won't do it because it takes your time to be that billboard, you know? But it's still a requirement. I mean, you can't get around the fact that it needs to be done. Like, I still, and I, when I'm, I'm saying billboard metaphorically, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. I, I'm t we can talk about the ones that are on I-95 up and down the East Coast, which are obviously more expensive, but I can still spend 50 bucks and create a Facebook billboard that people just see in rotation. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I'm, with the billboard aspect I'm talking about also shouldn't take that much time. It really should take you a half hour to build. It's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. If we're talking about using an ad, yeah. If, if the ad is properly constructed and the ad is, you know, essentially one hour of our, it's worth one hour of our time, right? We're putting in 50 bucks or something like that. And that, that's essentially what we would make in a half hour or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. To me, to me, I think that's where one of the sweet spots for, for any type of expert, any type of business person is finding a way to be visible. Like if it's just, if that's the, if that's part of the game, if we're just talking about the, the, the requirement just to have a billboard, a sign hung out there essentially, yeah, try to do it in the most leveraged, lowest cost way that doesn't cost you any time at all because your time is so much more valuably spent in conversation with the right people. Yeah, I agree with that. Whatever and that I means. Think, yeah, and, I, but, and I, I think that's just the first step in getting to the conversation, which is kind of I, – I think that was a great question that Greg asked. How do we, how do we create an audience of persuadables in our local geography? So I look at it like as, as a two-step, and really it's like a 10-step process, but let's take <laughs> the two steps. We're going to do the Facebook billboard just to have that going in rotation. So as I'm just sitting here drinking coffee and watching my next movie while I'm scrolling, I see your ad on the side. I see your face on the left. I see your brokerage on the right. Like I'm just, it's just there. It's noise. It's, it's there. I see it. It's just kind of molding into my subconscious, but then – as I click the ad because I'm interested in looking further, then that's where you you got to target me, and that's where I that's where I'm telling you, hey Greg, I'm looking at your ad. That means I am persuadable because for some reason I'm looking. And now what's next for you? Well, first you got to make sure that you're 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 targeting me, and then you your next step, which is the probably the hardest part of all this, is that you now need to give me what I want over the duration of however long it's going to take for me to call you for your service. So what I mean by that is. Like I was thinking when you were talking about, it, I was thinking about this. So you know Barstool Sports, right? Mm -hmm. And both of these, neither of these are humongous sports fan, but you know Barstool Sports. And part of the reason you probably know Barstool Sports is because of the pizza reviews, yeah? Yeah, because you told me about it. Yeah. Right. Okay. You ever see him, Matt? Yeah. 
No, the only reason I know Barstool Sports is because um, uh, the the kerfuffle over um, uh, AOC, the sen- the senator, the uh, calling calling them out in some way about their fake labor union practices, which was actually just a joke to his internal staff, like said yep. publicly. Yep. Yeah. So no, I don't actually know about, but that's the thing that again, that to me, that, that goes to partially prove that all publicity is not good publicity because I now know who the guy is and what their company is. Guess what? I'm gonna, I don't care. I'm right. I still don't know what they actually do, even though I, I've seen the founder speak for five minutes. You don't give a, what? I, you blinked out there. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't, I Greg, I don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. Oh, there it is. Swing in for the fences, people. Johnson, number four is going. Yes. Now, the question is, if I like and I'm a sports fan, by the way. Right. Here's here's the here's the problem. He spent five minutes on a news show talking about the issue and mentioned his company name multiple times. And he probably thought he did an awesome job of branding and getting his name out there. I'm a huge sports fan. I still don't know what Barstool Sports is, and I spent five minutes watching the founder on a TV show get interviewed. How is it possible that somebody got five minutes of national news coverage and reached a sports fan and didn't actually tell anyone what the F they do? That's what most of us do when we're on social media, I feel like. Uh, that's we, don't, we, don't, we don't give anyone any actual clear, compelling reason to remember us or know what we do. We think that because we're visible, and people see us doing what we do and talking about a brand or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I still don't know what they do. He did a terrible job, yeah. right? No, that's yeah. actually really good the way you put that because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, all press is good. All press is good press. And I think for a certain segment of the population, it still was because there are some people that, you know, I know how you are. You were like, this guy, whatever. But some people would have went, what is Barstool <laughs> you, Sports? You know how I am. Yeah, because <laughs> some people would have taken the extra 13 seconds to look up Barstool Sports. So I'm sure he had some converts. Not if it, not if he didn't say anything interesting that maybe you want to go look it up. He You're didn't give I mean, he I'm didn't give me the elevator pitch the the one the one to two liners about what Barstool Sports was. If he would have and it was interesting to me, I would have immediately gone and looked it up. Right. If you look at uh, so what one interesting example was this. So the the a couple rounds of the Democratic debates this last time around. We're recording this in August of 2019, so this is still a big story. Uh, So Tulsi Gabbard was the most Googled candidate, I think, after both debates. Okay. Right? Because she's the the only anti-war candidate. So when she gets a platform, she gets up on stage and she says stuff that people are like, holy cow, what the hell did she just say? And they go look her up. They didn't go look her up because she was nice or she was well-spoken or any of those other factors, right? She like They looked her up because she said something that was arresting and surprising and, and, and compelling, Yep. right? So the, so I think what, um, Greg, you were making fun of just the example of going to a Facebook Live and doing it about your listing, but you're not really saying anything. That I feel like that's what we do a lot, right? And if it's one thing if we're putting our time out there to be a billboard that says nothing. If we're going to spend our money to put up a billboard on social media, let's make sure that it says something that actually gets people's attention and makes them want to reach out to us or at least get into our world and start following us. And I think that's what a lot of times we kind of fall down on that because we get we fall into that trap of thinking all all publicity is good publicity. We are not the circus, right? Like we are not blowing through from one town to the next, and we're not so identifiable and easy to find that you can just ask the person next to you like, hey, when the circus is in town, right? Yeah, you just go over here and you buy tickets and whatever. Right. We have to make it really, really compelling for people to pay attention to us. And then we have to make it like we have to grease the skids and make it super easy for them to connect with us, too. There's just so much that we do, uh, I feel like, on social media that is um, just doesn't actually serve us because we're not thinking about the other person. 
and what they want to get out of it. We're thinking about us. You just hit the nail on the head. And the problem with that, because like, that's what, one of the things I think people always do is they look at an ad and they look at their marketing from their perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not the person you're marketing to. So your view is tainted and unbiased. So what I always say to people Mm -hmm. is, okay, Matt, who's your perfect client? Is it Matt Johnson? No, because you're not in the, you're not in the business right now of needing somebody to help you with your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at an ad and you go, that's a really good ad. It caught my attention. You probably screwed it up because, again, you're not your audience. So what you have to do is take a step back and look at it and say, who is my audience? Greg McDaniel. Okay, so now, and this is the hard part. There's two pieces to it. One is you have to give Greg what he wants, and you don't know what that is yet. There's some trial and error. And the second part, which there's there's nothing in marketing that I know of that can properly predict this in most cases, and that is timing. So Greg might be interested today, but he's not going to pull the trigger on your service for six weeks. What did mm-hmm. you do in the in the following five weeks and six days to keep his attention? So yeah, yeah. The um, I th- I think I've got the answer to that, or I'm circling around to the answer to that. And I don't remember the context that I heard this phrase. I think it was in the context of persuasion. But here's here's the phrase that that I think applies here: gentle pressure applied consistently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so for, so for someone like that, if I want to reach someone with a message that, uh, Greg, you're laughing, uh, gentle pressure apply consistently. Your girlfriend will appreciate me, by the way. You're, you are welcome. You are welcome for that nugget. Um, no, but like when I think of follow-up, right, I think that's why people struggle with follow-up because they're looking for, if you watch the Facebook groups around real estate, you'll see this a lot, right? What do I say to get them to do X? And the answer is there, there just isn't a lot, right? In most particular cases, there's not a certain magic sequence of, of words and phrases that you could use that will make them do something. It's more about consistent, like gentle pressure applied consistently. Just keep showing up, just keep following up. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's, so there's a balance there of, yes, we have to say something clear and compelling that gets people's attention, but we don't know when the timing is going to be, right? So we have to keep showing up and we have to keep saying that clear and compelling thing over and over and over again until they take action. And we can't, you know, we're not always going to know when they're going to take action. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't know the timing. We don't know the timing of when we put an ad in front of somebody. We're guessing. We're hoping, you know, which is why it's so important to stay consistent. Say it one more time for Greg. I can just hear Greg go like. <laughs> gentle, gentle pressure, Greg, applied consistently. <laughs> I know. Greg is, Greg is a giant. He's a 40-year-old child. He's a 40-year-old fifth grader. That's oh, what he is. So you know what? I, so I was sitting at uh, lunch with Jax uh, in Hawaii, and we were about ready to go climb this mountain two days ago. Um, and all of you guys, for the people who can see me, this is what I did at lunch. I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey, Jax. Jax, what am I doing? What am I doing, Jax? Jesus. And she just started looking at me, and she's she's had this dumb grin on her face. She's like, you're an 11-year-old, aren't you, mentally? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? She's like, you're like, she's like, checking the water. I'm like, yep, you're right. Bath time, checking the water. (laughs) Checking the water temperature. Uh, (laughs) I was wondering where that was going because you know what popped into my head, obviously. Of course. That's what everyone thinks. And then you did it, and I was like, I can't wait to hear where this is going. (laughs) Uh, But but, but that's the thing is that, like – go into things ahead with a little bit more of a humor mindset. I mean, have a lot more fun with this business. I mean, most people, until they uh, understand who you truly are, they're not going to really get, they're not going to really care about you. So, I mean, just go out there, have some fun with this. Your tribe will come to you. 
I mean, it, it 100%, but if you try to be someone that you're not, you're not going to get very far. It's going to be a fucking miserable uphill climb. I tried to be my dad. Oh, my God, I love my dad. I am not my father. I tried. I combed my hair like him. I wore sweater vests. I wore penny loafers with pennies in them. Um, you know, I literally did all of those things for years. <laughs> Matt Wait, is literally dying right there. I, Max I, whole week. <laughs> I can post. I'm so disappointed. I'm I'm angry at God right now, Greg, that we didn't meet until you were over that phase. <laughs> Very angry. I I would have given anything to go back in time and be your friend when you were walking around in some sweater vests and penny loafers. I'll All give right, you a solid. I, ready, McDaniel? Okay. You wear a sweater vest next week, and I'll put on a wig. <laughs> I still have them. Oh man, yeah. Just I, just I, borrow I, one from your dad's closet right now. That's that's still his look. So he's got a ton of them. All right, let's finish out with this. I've got one last question for you. Let's uh, let's do a round of how do people connect with us before we uh, finish out with a really good, really good question about uh, a phys- like a listing he took from a Fizbo that now is not selling. Uh, Gene, how do people get in touch with you if they want to slice and dice uh, their content into a million things and put them in front of the right people? Just hit the website, genevolpe.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little widget that pops up. Put your info and your digits in that bitch, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, God's aggressive! <laughs> Goodness, only only an East Coaster could love that it call really to action. It wasn't aggressive, actually. Holy that cow. was so laid back. I, I oh can't. man, Next that's funny. Uh-huh. All that right, was, good. That was your laid back Saturday afternoon, lazy on the couch kind of attitude. I do not want to see aggressive Mondays. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg, what's the best way to connect with you about EXP? You know what, Matt? I'm going to change this up a little bit. <gasps> I know. Drum roll. Boom. I'm going to hit the right. Um, I think I'm going to reopen the McDaniel Challenge. What? Yeah, I think I'm going to reopen the McDaniel Challenge. Um, and it's going to be limited to probably three days a week. I'm going to figure out when those are. Probably midweek, my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something like that. But I think I'm going to start doing that. So uh, if you guys want to get some free coaching, uh, I haven't done this almost a year or more at this point, uh, April. Yeah, a little over a year. I've not done it. I've enjoyed my time off. It's been a great, you know, break, but I miss you guys. And I'd love to get back out there and do some more free coaching. So Eric is asking, what is the challenge? The challenge is this, is it is an hour of free coaching that I do at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard um, on a nightly basis. And if all you guys have to do is you have to get a hold of me on my cell phone. So text me on my cell, 925-915-1978. Again, 925-915-1978. Text me on that, and then we will figure out a time to start doing um, some some uh, some coaching, uh, and we'll go from there. So the, the McDaniel Challenge has been reopened uh, to see how it goes, to see if you guys are interested in doing that. If not, well, fuck you too, and move on to the next challenge. But if you do... <laughs> Talk about aggressive. Goodness, that is aggressive. All right. (laughs) There it is. Good Lord. Matt, how can people do podcasting, and where can they give us a 15-star review? Uh, Well, there is nowhere where they can give us a 15-star review because that doesn't exist. But you can head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and make sure to mention whatever guest episode you liked. Or if you just like Gene, tell us that you like Gene. That's all we want to hear. Please Um, do that. We love having him on Friday episodes, so make sure to give him a shout-out in your review when you leave that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, as far as podcasting, actually, uh, for the audience here, 
Um, don't worry about launching your own right away. Uh, go out there and get featured. Get get featured as a guest expert. There's a bunch of real estate podcasts out there, and it gives you a great excuse to communicate with your database in a kind of a humble brag way of, hey, I was featured on this podcast to talk about how we built our business and how we serve our clients, blah, 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 blah. They're probably not going to listen, and who cares? Because all it does is make you look like the authority and the expert to your database. So if you want to get featured on more podcasts for that angle, that's the best way that I know of to use it from a real estate perspective. So go to pursuingresults.com slash training, and it'll explain exactly how to do that, how to pitch yourself, how to come up with your story hook, how to make friends with the podcast hosts like me and Greg. And who doesn't want to be friends with me and Greg? I mean, come on. We're pretty awesome. Right? Okay. Let's finish out with this. This is from Bob. Uh, Bob Drossen. Uh, so, so no cracks Hi, about the name. Yeah. So Bob Drossen. Um, I'm sure he's not with Remax. He's not with Remax, so okay, no, we don't we, have to. We're, we couldn't answer this question if he's with right. Remax. Now, now Bob has an issue, right? It's because yeah. he got a listing, and it's not selling, but he took it for ten thousand over the Fisbo list price. In other words, he took it. He basically took the price that they had on the market and tacked on ten k to it in order to cover his fees. And now, the home is not selling. So how do you go back to the seller and tell them, okay, we've tried it. We've tried it your way. We tried just tacking my fees on and it's still not selling. Now we need to lower the price and put it in the range of where it'll actually sell. So how do you have that conversation, Greg, with the client, especially uh, Fisbo that has now signed with you? Okay, so the scenario is um, Matt and Julie Johnson went on with the three obese insulin stock control babies and they tried to sell it themselves. Massive failure took place. Greg the hero steps in, white you know, white knight wearing the cape and the, and, and, uh, and everything else. And I said, Matt, Julie, I can save you. Follow my lead. And then I fall flat on my face. Is that the scenario? Basically, yes. Okay. Um, well, one of the things you can do is you can go back to them and say, hey, look, uh, the market has shifted. And this is where the market is. It might be in your best interest for you guys to take your listing back and go back out of the open market and, you know, sell it yourselves. Or we should talk about a price correction uh, that would make sense for both of us. And I can help you guys make your move to your next property. What would, what do you feel would be the best thing for you and your family? And so the reason why I suggest something like that is that if you were to push them, because they're already not liking the scenario, they didn't couldn't sell it themselves. You came in, you couldn't do it. Now they're in a, they're they're on stage three of hating this whole thing called real estate. So give them the ability to make their own decision. Go, hey, what would you like to do? Would you like to take back control? Would you like to do it yourself? I apologize. You know, we can part as friends. Or would you like to come together as a team? And would you like to move forward with a united front? And we can make a decision on a, on a, on the price that the market is dictating to us. And how is it? How you know what what we can do to get it sold? You know, and it's really well, Greg. I really just vendors. feel like you have not marketed the property correctly. So I'm going to need you to be here for an open house from 11 to 1 Monday through Friday, as well as 10 to 6 on Saturday and Sunday. Even if nobody shows up, it's really important to me that you're here, Greg, sitting in my kitchen um, and not eating or drinking anything, and make sure you take off your shoes. Well, Matt, I understand that you that that's your feelings on this. That's just not how I run my business. So go with God, my child. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And that is the proper answer to that, which at the end of the day, you have to be willing to lose client. Yeah, you do have to be able yeah. to lose them, but for the right reason. It's right. because it's what's best for them. Uh, like Gene was talking about earlier, you know, you, when you do marketing, you think about it, it, what's best for you instead of what's best for the consumer. The same thing takes place here when it comes to real estate. Think about what's best for them, not what's best for you. And as soon as you, as soon as you let go of the outcome, everything else clears up. It's ama it's amazing how that will take place. But if you hold on to something really, really tight, either a business relationship or a personal relationship or anything else in life, like a habit or a house or a car, 
it tends to slip through your fingers, but when you hold it on the on the palm of your hand and you let it have the ability to fly away on its own, usually it will stay right there. And if it leaves, that's okay. That was meant to happen. Move on to the next person, next client, next whatever, because you know what? Your best use of time is not going to be spent where you currently are. You need to go to the next place in life. So don't get too attached to things, you know, and just let life take place. Because you know what? That, that client could be Matt Johnson and could be a, tor a tormentor of your reality for the rest of your days on earth. I need you here every single day. Don't eat or drink. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was going to say like, you can pretty, you can tell pretty much early on in the process when there's red flags like that. And usually people get clients like that because they've ignored the red flags and they ignore them because they're so excited to have a client that they ignore all that stuff and then end up getting themselves into a situation where they can't stand their own clients, which is never fun. I've been in that. Yeah, it is not. All right. We need a bow color. Quick. Yes. Oh, ooh. You're under Cerulean. The yeah, we're going with, uh, no, let's go with a, with a nice light seafoam. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend's actually, she used to, she wanted a seafoam green Vespa. I'll never forget that. Cause I'm like, the fuck is seafoam? Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, it's so, that color. This shouldn't be on anything. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really should. All right, okay. guys. We love you. Matt likes you. Uh, Gene adores you. But uh, guys, thanks for spending your time with us on Friday. Share this with everybody that you think should listen to this. Give us a five-star review. Make sure you come back. Tell your aunts, cousins, best friends, veterinarians, assistants, you know, girlfriends, brothers, lazy best friends, cousin about the show. We really appreciate it. We love you to pieces. Until next time. Peace out, ninjas. We're gone.